Welcome to Still Pretty, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast from Chipperish Media. I'm film scholar and meat baggy slave to hormones and pheromones and their feelings, Noelle LaCroix. <laughs> and I'm story expert Lonnie Diane Rich, who Spike is willing to wager when it's all said and done, likes it rough. And we're here today to talk about The Weight of the World, the 21st episode of season five. The Weight of the World aired on May 15th, 2001 and was written by Douglas Petrie and directed by David Solomon. For anyone who's new to Still Pretty, this is a fully spoiled Buffy podcast, which means we are likely to reference things that haven't happened yet in the run. If you are spoiler averse and haven't seen all of Buffy, go take care of that. Come on back. Is everyone here very stoned? Let's go on patrol. In the weight of the world, Glory's in her mansion getting ready for her big day, but everything feels a bit off. Back at the abandoned gas station, Buffy's still catatonic. She doesn't respond to Willow talking to her, nor to Spike slapping her. Willow takes charge and gives everyone a job to do while she figures out how to reach Buffy. Spike says at least now they'll know that Ben is Glory, but no one else can remember this. Do we suspect that there may be some kind of connection between Ben and Glory? Glory takes Dawn to a construction site where the group of people she destabilized are busy at work, welding a structure together. Glory leads Dawn into the construction office and tries to comfort Dawn, then wonders why in the world she's trying to comfort Dawn. She blames Dawn for making her feel bad. Knock yourself out, girlfriend. Make me feel bad as you can. Because tomorrow, you bleed, little girl. At Xander's, Willow leaves Anya to take care of Tara in the living room while she goes into the bedroom and performs a spell, allowing her inside Buffy's mind. She finds herself in a brightly lit bedroom with little girl Buffy, who's playing with a doll. Little Buffy says hi to Willow, and then Joyce and Hank come home with baby Dawn. Buffy asks if she can take care of Dawn, and Joyce says yes. Then we snap to a moment with adult Buffy putting away a book at the magic box. Next thing we know, Willow's outside in the desert, standing by a fire. Okay. Xander picks up Giles at the hospital, and the wound that had him near death at the gas station hours ago is minor enough now that they send him home with some bandages and a bottle of Tylenol. But are we here to nitpick? Well, kind of. Giles and Xander go to the mental ward and find that all of the people Glory destabilized are gone. Huh. Spike shows up, says he knows a guy who might have some information about Glory, lights up a cigarette right in front of the no smoking <laughs> sign, and says he found Ben's room at Glory's. Wait, 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 wait. Ben? At Glory's? You're saying all this time he's been subletting from her? And that, my friends, is how you create a joke that never, ever dies. <laughs> Willow watches as Senea, the first slayer, tells Buffy that death is her gift. She watches as Buffy puts the book away again, staring off into space. She turns and sees another version of adult Buffy walking down a hallway toward a door. Willow follows. Back at the construction site, the barrier between Glory and Ben starts to break down and it is bugging Glory. She sees his memories, feeling his stupid human guilty feelings. She morphs into Ben, who says they can't kill the girl, and then back into Glory. The priest says that's the magical price to be paid for what she's doing, but Glory does not accept that. Gods don't pay. We do this now. Willow follows Buffy through her house. 
They go into Joyce's room where the floor is grass with a dirt mound for Joyce's grave. Willow says she's sorry. Buffy says, Don't be. Death is my gift. And they go into Dawn's room where Dawn lies on the bed, staring into space and crying. Buffy takes out a pillow and puts it over Dawn's face, smothering her. Willow shouts at her to stop. But as Dream Dawn stops struggling, Buffy calmly says that death is her gift. At the construction site, Glory turns into Ben and starts to get Glory's memories. He complains about his life and his job to the young girl who's about to be brutally murdered. But then when a guard comes in, he knocks him out and motions for Dawn to follow him. I'll take you as far as I can, ditch you before she comes back. Xander and Spike go to see Doc, the demon who helped Dawn with the spell to resurrect Joyce. Doc tries to hide a box from Xander and Spike, and when Spike notices, Doc fights. He throws the box into the fire, and Xander stabs Doc with a sword. Spike and Xander grab the box and leave, and then Doc's eyes pop back open. Ben leads Dawn through town, and when they dart into an alley, Dawn hits him with some chains and knocks him out. She starts to run, but then Glory wakes up, angry and in pain. Ben and Glory morph back and forth, arguing. Ben says he'll bleed Dawn out right now, ruining Glory's ritual. Glory says she can give Ben a life once it's all over. He doesn't have to die. Finally, Ben makes a very Ben choice. I'm sorry, I got no choice. It's you or me. Willow keeps going through the Buffy loop with her, trying to break it. Buffy says that when she put the book away, that's when she realized she couldn't beat Glory. That's when she killed Dawn. Willow's had enough. She tells Buffy to snap out of it. She didn't kill her sister, but if she doesn't wake up, Dawn will die. Buffy wakes up in Xander's room and starts to cry. She and Willow go back to the magic box and ask what they've found. Giles explains that once the ritual is started, the barriers between dimensions will break down and the world will fall into chaos. And he's got some very bad news about how to stop it once it starts. I think the only way is to kill Dawn. Okay, so Noel, here we are, Way to the World, towards the end of Season 5. I love Season 5. It is so much fun, and here we are, like, ramping up toward the gift, which is a big goddamn deal. But before we get there, what did you think about Way to the World? I'm starting to get nervous about the gift. Like, I know it's coming. Like, the closer Mm -hmm. we get, the closer we get to the end of Season 5, and the more real shit gets, I'm, like, on edge a little bit like I I know what's coming and I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm I feel like I spent this whole episode kind of bracing for impact because I know we're not there yet but we're gonna be there and oh boy when we get there but first we have to do all of this parallel like we divide everybody off into twos and we do all Uh this parallelism and I have so much I have so many thoughts. <laughs> I do. I have so right. many thoughts and so much to say, but I mm-hmm. also don't know that it's that I have anything to say other than noticing that we have no. all of these pairings. I no, I like that. I like that. Let's start talking about these pairings. I mean, okay, first of all, we start with the amazing, you know, Glory mm-hmm. is monologuing and then we reveal that she's talking you know her minions are there but she's mostly talking to dawn Mm -hmm. and there's something so very sinister about glory kind of bonding with dawn it's reminiscent of the horror genre beat of the killer like bonding with his victim yeah that there's some kind of relationship and i mean i you know honestly like there is there is an intimacy between 
um, you know, a victim and an abuser, right? You know, there is a level of intimacy that is gained there. And that's one of the things that makes it really hard, you know, when you're in an abusive relationship to kind of leave it because it's not just the abuse. There is something that happens. There is a bonding that happens in that circumstance. And you see that with, you know, children who are abused by their parents and, and people who are abused by spouses. Um, you know, you see that happen all the time. And so it is, there is something truly sinister and unnerving about that. At the same time, like we are, I think, meant to see that it is Ben's humanity that is seeping over into glory. Um, uh, but I don't know, because I'm not sure exactly that, how though. human Ben is. <laughs> like Ben's humanity is not in a great state as we're going to see as we move through. I mean, I we've mean, seen it all season, but as we move through this episode, especially we're going to see that Ben's sense of, of guilt and honor and compassion and empathy is not really that strong or strong enough for it to be affecting glory in this way. Yeah. When, I mean, I know that that as the episode progresses, it is explained. Mm -hmm. the, the explanation that we get is that Glory is feeling guilt and feeling like she can't kill Dawn mm -hmm. because the barrier, whatever it is, between her and Ben is like thinning. And she's starting to right. feel his feelings and he's starting to remember her actions. But before we really get that explanation, we get glory saying to dawn mm -hmm. she's she's talking about girls like us yeah and she's right in a really interesting way right mm -hmm. because they're both in these borrowed forms but glory is definitely i would i was gonna say glory is definitely more aware of hers but i think mm -hmm. she's differently aware um yeah you know i talked about like I mentioned this last week that I would have liked to have gotten the details of the Glory storyline a little bit sooner mm -hmm. so that we could appreciate this kind of thing, this like parallel between Dawn and Glory for a few more episodes. Yeah. Because as we're seeing Glory and Dawn together and Glory is talking about, you know, what, you know, she's a god, Dawn is the key. Mm -hmm. They both don't really belong here. They're both going to go home, whatever mm -hmm. that means. Um, right. You know, and yeah, she's working her villain mojo on Dawn, but she's also kind of correct in that neither of them is really of this world or of this plane. Mm -hmm. And then we get this interesting moment where Glory kicks all of her minions out and <laughs> right. she says get out get out get out in this way that is so reminiscent of dawn's get out i can't believe that's an accident i mean i yeah. think that is absolutely reflective and it's it's very interesting though because she is accessing like all of these very human feelings and responses and dawn Dawn, I find really interesting because this girl's like us thing, right? That they're mm -hmm. not entirely of this world. But Dawn, like, aside from the fact that she is at her core of existence, this, you know, key or whatever, mm -hmm. is just human. She's I, uh, she's just her experience human. of herself. Her experience is of herself is human. She doesn't have access to any special powers. You know, she is not sharing her existence with anybody else. She's just in that space like 
I find the Dawn thing so interesting and weird in that, yeah, she's the key, but like, so she would go back at death to being this pure, pure energy, energy. Yeah. Right. That, I mean, it feels, it's so strange to me that Dawn's experience of herself, like Gloria's experience of herself as a god shoved into a human meat sack is very (laughs) real. And you understand it. her consciousness existed pre, you know, that experience. Whereas Dawn doesn't seem to have any consciousness of herself as anything other than this small human girl. Right. Right. So it feels weird. Yeah. Yeah. And Dawn has memory dawn has memories of the past 14 years presumably and so does glory but glories apparently are real because Mm -hmm. she's been here okay all right i have (laughs) i have a section in my notes yes that is just labeled is everyone here very stoned no yes because (laughs) what like i love i i all right, I'm going to ask a bunch of questions, and I'm going to yes. get really critical and nitpicky. I love However, it. Mm-hmm. I I just want to be clear that I absolutely love this. Like, I yes. love this whole storyline. I love this idea. Mm-hmm. I just wish that it were fleshed out more and that we got more of it and not, you know, I understand that we are in a fantasy genre. Mm-hmm. And part of the way that fantasy works is through metaphor, and we don't get explanations for things and how they work. But right. if you just hand wave everything away as glory's a god, the key is magic, blah, 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 the monks uh-huh, did this. Right. Like, I, you need to give me a little bit more. That, so uh-huh. that's all I'm asking. I'm not, you know, I don't well, need this to make yeah. entire complete sense in the world. But uh-huh. okay. <laughs> the glory dawn parallel is fascinating to me mm-hmm. in this whole they have this shared experience of being like here as humans even though they're not humans whatever yeah. but okay uh, the timeline makes no sense to me mm-hmm. the addition of dawn to the world right so glory says she's been waiting for this meaning waiting to go home for 25 Mm -hmm. years presumably human years right which is i'm guessing how old ben is yes because last episode gregor told us that glorificus had to share the form of a human male infant what why why what yeah but 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 okay all right sure fine whatever so there's this infant there's this baby Uh that this god form is somehow uh, put a part of put into i don't understand that at all i think but, i think okay, that, that was the loophole that like because okay. glory wanted to find a way so she had to like under cover of night find a way <laughs> in and this was the way that was available to her just happened to be sharing this body space with baby ben right well, hide out in a baby that's a hide great out hiding in a place baby no one will find for me. 25 years exactly but, okay. i think yeah all right sure whatever that so feels... i'm guessing she's hitchhiking on ben's existence that feels fairly mythological and if i squint like i can get there all right right fine Mm -hmm. i mean well okay i'm i'm also saying this is what i've filled in in my head how much of this is actually within the text of buffy is you know yeah i mean Mm -hmm. someone knows we'll get there will be there might be angry tweets who knows but there will there's always angry tweets (laughs) there's always angry tweets hi Um, hi but 
Okay. All right. So fine. So Glorificus joins up with this human infant. Great. Fine. Whatever. Mm -hmm. What was up with Dawn that whole time? Was the key a key on Earth for 11 years while the monks were trying to use her for the powers of light, which is another Mm -hmm. thing that Gregor tells us last episode. And then they decided, well, this ain't working. Let's make a baby. Like what? How? What? Why? How? Why? What? Okay. My (laughs) understanding of it. And again, with everything that Gregor brought in last week, I don't know. But I mean, my understanding of it is that everybody was looking for the key. And then the monks found the key and then figured out how to put the key in the form of a little girl that they created. And the idea that the monks have the power to create human life. I mean, let's take a step from that, right? Right. Like they have the power to create a human life out of nothing with a soul and everything. And we know that she is human enough not not just human enough but like connected to her family enough that we get that moment with doc where he yanks a hair and he says strong dna so i mean right and who knows actually make her from buffy and if buffy's yeah and if buffy's blood is what ends up working to Uh counteract the evil mojo like they and we've we have seeded this all season long, right? Mm-hmm. The the connection between Dawn and Blood and the connection between Dawn yes. and Buffy and Blood. Like we literally had them holding How, uh, bloody yes. hands and like it's established. Like they are presumably, if you looked at their blood with some sort of hell mouth science, yeah. you would see that these people are related to each other in right. a in a way that we can understand, like, as humans, with human science, yes. presumably. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so then what? The monks are able to, like, they're they're also, like, microbiologists in is their downtime? The I mean, because the thing is that, like, if you can create, like, a human life and a human memory of you forever, like, this magical effect, if you think about it, is huge, right? Because here we have, right? We have, you know, the idea of the human existence, the human soul, right? And a soul exists within humans. And when when Angelus was cursed, he was cursed with his own soul, with Liam's soul, which is somehow in existence in the world, independent of that physical, like the whole metaphysicality of Buffy is mind blowing and very, very hard to wrap your yourself around like i've been trying to figure out the whole like what is the soul exactly for a really long time and how it functions um but you know we've had that discussion a million times but here we have a soul created from whole cloth right the soul is the key or the key is the soul and the key becomes human and now is human but you could creating human life I mean, it's a big damn deal. Like, how do you how do you do that out of aside from a like, you know, what we've had 
all along is two people combine, you know, their DNA and create another person. That's how it's done. That's how souls are created. Um, to do that outside of that, that biological, that meat sacky, which is a, such a meat sacky process for something it's that ends up being process. Yeah. so, you know, so metaphysical and so like beyond our comprehension and magical, right? You know, um, so so the monks are able to create that, which I think in itself, the the ability to create a human child uh kind of wild kind of crazy kind of like holy shit right that's a big deal and then stuff inside that meat sack a key and then affect the memories of everybody around her with the memories of her which also affects spike even though glory's magic which she is a god right spike is able to see that ben glory right i mean the whole thing if you start looking at it is so crazy it spins out into this wild space that like how can this how does this make sense well and i think that i mean i think the the real answer like the actual answer is it doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. and it's not really supposed to like they Mm -hmm. this is not a show about like the nature of existence it's a show about relationships Mm -hmm. which is why Dawn exists in the first place as Dawn. I mean, we've heard it on previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like every week, you know, they made the key into the form of a sister so that the Slayer would protect it with her life. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's not just we made it into a child. We made it into a sister. So we're clearly we're using this idea to say something about the nature of family relationships and what Mm -hmm. that means and i would also argue that it's not it's not a sibling relationship specifically it's it's this very specific Mm -hmm. idea of an older sister younger sister yeah like that sororal bond Mm -hmm. that that is supposed to mean something in a in a big way um and Mm -hmm. also because you know we love to sacrifice young girls like that's just oh i mean it's always that young girls is who are being sacrificed yeah, we love it so much mm-hmm. we're just gonna we're just gonna do all of the things to the young girls because that's you know yeah that's that's just in the in the cultural soup done but right well because sacrificing I, like I mean, there's this whole thing culturally like you know that that men are essentially expendable because you just need one Right. You mm-hmm. need lots of women to be able to create babies, but you could really have one guy fathering yeah. all of them. You know, so like there is yeah. this idea because men go off to war. Men are the ones that are supposed to, you know, it's women and children first and then men are supposed to sacrifice themselves. So we have that sense of the expendability of men within our culture. Um, and so sacrificing a young girl, oddly enough, Despite the fact that we also devalue women in general, you know, sacrificing a girl is you're supposed to sacrifice something that is precious. Right. Yeah. So I think there's that sense of I think there's some of that playing within this 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 value. um, Oh, definitely. Like the sense of the sense of not just not just women as like producers for the the collective baby farms yes yeah Mm -hmm. not just you know not just women as baby farms and women as like property but Mm -hmm. also also female purity as currency Mm -hmm. this like 
that is what makes the dawn story and and so many stories you know that mm-hmm. center on a young woman like this yeah like that's that's what raises the stakes right because oh she's so young and it's this like innocent purity pure innocence yes pardon Mm -hmm. me while i just throw up um no yeah the series has some interesting ideas about innocence but i don't but they're not Mm -hmm. they're not like so far removed from the purity culture of the 90s and the early aughts you know like this is all steeped in that is all to you know right but back to glory and dawn Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right what Glory has been so Glory has been here as mm-hmm. Ben or not. I'm so I'm so confused. Yeah. I'm so confused. <laughs> and it's a bummer because I love Glory so much. I love I Glory love and when Glory I, too. Yeah. And when I talk about loving Glory, like this is why. This yeah. episode is a mm-hmm. huge part of that. Her whole yeah. riff on feelings being terrible yeah <laughs> is my and favorite. you know what she's not wrong she is not wrong about feelings being terrible yes feelings are and people are you know worst. people drinking and smoking and screwing each other's brains out because they just don't want to think anymore like yeah yeah i mean yeah mm-hmm. like also sign me up um <laughs> I'm interested in the group. Like, mm-hmm. Glory's been hanging out with an interesting group of people, apparently. Mm-hmm. Though. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But she's not. She's she's not wrong. Mm-hmm. And then she makes this really interesting point about like, you know, no one basically like no one is cut out for this, mm-hmm. which feels um, especially relevant right now, yeah. uh, as a lot of us I think are feeling increasingly trapped inside our own minds with our own thoughts as our <laughs> maybe our external coping mechanisms have been taken away from us just me right just me? i don't know right but she yeah. says like who like really like she says to dawn oh my gosh i forget the line i had it written down it's in my notes somewhere god only um. knows but she's like like basically like tell me you know name one person who's right who can mm-hmm. handle this mm-hmm and Dawn just says Buffy out of right. like, yes. And then, of course, because of the episode we're in, we cut to Buffy with Willow just staring into space because she has chosen not to handle it right now. Yeah, she shut down. She's completely, completely shut down. Um, mm-hmm. And oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's yeah. a lot. It it's is a lot. lot. It is a lot. When you see Buffy just fall down. And it was it's interesting because Buffy, right? I mean, you know, remember Buffy from Amends, strong is fighting, right? Mm-hmm. Buffy never stops fighting, right? That's kind of mm-hmm. like her defining characteristic. And yet here is this moment when Dawn is taken and she just stops, right? Um, yeah. And then so we're we're left in this space, you know, and as you're talking about all these parallels, right, we've got, you know, Glory and Dawn, right? And mm-hmm. now we've got Willow and Buffy. Yes. And this is an interesting parallel too, an interesting connection between these two. Oh, my gosh, this is, this is huge. Mm-hmm. And so well done. Um, 
I know dream sequences are not your thing. This is not quite that. This, this is... isn't a dream sequence. It's yeah, a this actually mind is. Yeah. loop. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. a thought loop. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know about you, but I love it. I love, oh, love the way this is, this is mm-hmm. done. The way Willow. I mean, first of all, Willow just goes into the bedroom where Buffy is sitting, lights some candles, sits down on the edge of the bed, and that's it. Like that's the spell. Yeah. And it's this incredible astral projection mm-hmm. question mark like even giles when a he trance? finds out yeah yeah mm-hmm. when he finds out what willow has done he's like whoa that's incredibly serious powerful. business right like, that's, serious business and yet what it takes for willow to do it is like snapping her finger amazing and then mm-hmm. she goes into this thought loop with buffy mm-hmm. and cracks this code for us essentially of what is going on what has happened that Buffy has essentially bought into the belief that she because she quit in this one moment that that sealed her sister's fate and that she has killed her sister by wanting it to end which for that is one moment that right? one moment that mm-hmm. she cannot Buffy has not let herself off the hook for that one thought right that one moment for presumably months now well yeah but I mean go back to Spike and Fool for Love right mm-hmm. Spike says I just happened to be there at the moment when these two slayers decided that they were done Right. Mm -hmm. So so, you know, he has this moment. And then when you do that, I'm going to have a very good day. Right. So we have Mm -hmm. that whole thing with with Spike talking to Buffy and it's all about death. Right. You know, it's this death is the dance that they do and that eventually every slayer has a death wish that they're just going to give up. And whether or not that's reality or just the story that Spike is telling himself, like that's a whole other discussion. Right. But I mean, that's the that's the moment. Right. The moment that Buffy decides that she's done, that's when the death happens. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. like when it actually happens physically is a whole other thing. But that's the moment. So here we have this moment with Buffy where she's putting this book away and she has that thought. That's the moment, right? When she Mm -hmm. gives up just for that moment. She's I can't beat Glory. Dawn is going to die. Right. And feels that relief. You know, there's that moment of relief where you don't have to keep fighting all the time we saw angel struggling with that in amends you know it's not the monster in me that needs killing buffy it's the man yeah right yeah and it's the man that feels relief at the idea of just giving up and not fighting anymore because fighting is goddamn exhausting and it's every day you know mm-hmm. um so buffy back in amends when she's talking to angel in this moment of giving up um you know she's telling him strong is fighting keep fighting that's what you do you know mm-hmm. and then here we have Buffy's moment where she's giving up and it's just that moment where she's putting the book on the shelf and that's the moment where it happens regardless of when in time it actually happens that's the moment where she knows that she has given up that the dawn is going to die right mm-hmm. um, and so I kind of I love that whole thing I love that whole representation and I love what we're going through with Buffy as this kind of you know um, kind of representative space for 
mental illness in a lot of ways. Mental illness, there's mm-hmm. a lot of mental illness that re- that rides around these looping thoughts, right? Oh, Where yeah. you're just caught in this loop and you just keep going through it over and over and over again and you can't get out of it. Um, you know, the the trauma response in which you separate right? You know, Mm -hmm. into two people, the one goes about their business throughout the day, getting through the day. And then the other that lives in that thought loop all the time, and that cannot escape it. That is the process of healing from trauma, when those parts of you integrate, which was what we see happen for Buffy at the end, she integrates, and she wakes up, and then she's ready to keep going. And Willow helps her do that. Willow, who also at the beginning of the episode, you know, had a magical separation spell for Xander yes. Spike. Right? Oh my God. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I love, I love that when Buffy comes back to herself, she breaks down. Yes, like, of course she That does. is so good. It's so, so good. Because that's what that separation of mental illness, mental illness is a coping strategy for trauma, you know, in a lot of ways. And a lot of times that's how it happens. You know, we just separate because we cannot, because we don't want to have that moment of breaking down. But you have to have that in order to reintegrate you know, and, and kind of heal from that. So yeah, I mean, not all mental illness is a result of trauma, but some mental illness is sometimes that's how we deal with it. And this is clearly meant to be, oh, I mean, it's complicated, right? Because, Mm -hmm. because it's communicated to us, the audience, like almost as though Buffy has made a choice. Yes. Almost mm-hmm. as that, yeah. I mean, little. I love, I love little Buffy saying, little "I like it Buffy. here. Yeah. I like it here." Willow mm-hmm. says, "What are you doing here?" Mm-hmm. And she says, "I like it here because it is predictable. You know, mm-hmm. the loop is predictable. There's a safety in in self blame. Yeah, in a way. And mm-hmm. the way it's the way this is framed, I think, in the episode is that Buffy." has chosen to give up and finally willow gets fed up and to snap out of it right which is i think really Uh it's interesting in this moment i think it's really really appropriate for this episode but i also just like want to explode that out and be like okay the solution to a trauma response is not is to not snap out not of it. to think or you know oh I should just mm-hmm. snap out of you know I should just be able to integrate right. this and like move on or you know to mm-hmm. think that someone should just snap out of it but I'm I'm interested in the way that when the external world is impossibly overwhelming mm-hmm. Buffy goes to this internal space where she's clearly trying to accept her role Mm -hmm. in her sister's death like the the way i mean i say it i feel like i say it every other week but like fucking sarah michelle geller you guys like oh my god the depth of the performance of being so calm and and accepting of death is my gift this is Mm -hmm. what i do i killed my sister And that she's allowing, Buffy is allowing this thought of smothering Dawn to repeat in her mind over and over again because she blames herself for Glory capturing Dawn is Mm -hmm. so good and so powerful. 
and really does i mean and it really does warrant willow who is like the baddest witch of mm-hmm. all of the witches to say snap out of it like that is what you need in this moment is a badass <laughs> witch well yeah absolutely i think that there is um i i am not a fan of the slap somebody when they're hysterical kind of uh trope that we've seen a lot in our culture i'm not a fan of the like uh, spike in the beginning you know i just yeah. think buffy likes it rough and I... then slaps her that is that is Spike projecting onto Buffy. Um, but yeah, but it's also Spike's understanding of Buffy as a fighter, right? right. Like Spike mm-hmm. understands this when the going gets tough, the tough just keep fighting thing. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't actually mind the slap. Mm-hmm. I think because for Spike, that's like. I will activate her with violence in a way like because what we need what we need from her Mm -hmm. in that moment is activity. And I think Spike is probably I mean, he's tapping into his own like violence as a vehicle for moving through the world. But it that made sense to me. But the that line, the that he uses this as an excuse for why he slaps her because Xander pulls him off and is like, are you mm-hmm. like, are you nuts? Like she, you're going to give her brain damage. Yeah. What are you doing? And then he says, I'd be willing to wager that at the end of the day, Buffy likes it. I'm like, now is not the time. Like that mm-hmm. is no, hmm. but that is exactly like, here's the thing. I, I understand it from Spike as a character. I think it's a good character moment. I don't mind that it's in the show. Right. But it does need to be questioned and Xander questions it. So I think we're all good. Spike's saying at the end of the day, I think that Buffy likes it rough is Spike's projecting onto Buffy the parts of Buffy that he identifies with, that he understands. Yeah, I guess it makes sense from a character. I still don't like it. I don't. No, I mean, I understand why you don't like it. I I don't. There's lots of good reasons not to like it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) No, there are a lot of really good reasons not to like it, Um, especially because that's but from Spike very on brand it's on very, brand yeah. spike it's, yeah I mean, and it's his understanding of buffy his understanding of buffy his the way that he connects with buffy is through violence let's not forget that most of the time when buffy comes to see him she punches him in the face and he fucking loves it he's into it yeah oh he's he is into absolutely it. into it and i think that he is looking at her punching him in the face as some kind of foreplay not just for him but for her and we'll talk about that in season six yeah anyway we'll, oh, yeah. we will so get there when we get there we are um, going to talk about that in season six because in some level like he's you know he's not entirely wrong in season six but right now i'm i don't think that that's the case i I don't know i mean Mm -hmm. i do love what he says about like now is not the time to be delicate and he does he means both buffy and the group right Mm -hmm. like this is not the time this is not the time to be kind of having and hawing about oh should we move her maybe we shouldn't move her like we need to fucking act right right Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. um and you know and we get that again with willow at the very end of the thought loop when she just walks away she's like done with this and buffy's (laughs) say where are you going and willow says where you're needed are you Mm -hmm. coming yeah and it's this very it's oh it's such a a poignant potent mm. moment in the friendship of these two yeah like, 
like Buffy in that moment, Buffy may have given up and may have said, well, it doesn't matter what I do because I can't be glory. And Dawn's already dead. And Willow says, Willow's like, uh, she's not dead yet. I mean, she's going to be <laughs> if you stay here. Yeah. Um, and we know, I mean, Willow is super powerful. Like Willow is really the only one who's been able to affect any change yeah. in glory. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Willow, we we also know that Willow doesn't stand a chance against Glory, but that doesn't matter because in that moment, Willow's like, well, Buffy, you can stay in your thought loop if you want to, but I'm leaving. Like, I'm yeah. going to go fight. And yeah. I think that, that that willingness, like Willow's willingness to fight even when it's probably not going to end well, mm-hmm. I think is i mean it speaks so strongly to willow and the kind of take charge willow that we get in this episode yeah Mm -hmm. but also to willow's undying love and support for buffy Mm -hmm. that it's and it's willow who calls guilt what it is Mm -hmm. i love that that we have this pairing so we have the pairing of dawn and glory and Mm -hmm. we have the pairing of willow and buffy and Mm -hmm. in both of those we have someone say, this is guilt. Yeah. Like we get guilt named mm-hmm. in both those pairings twice. And I just like it's on the tip of my brain, but I want there to be even more of a parallel mm-hmm. between those two parallels. Does that yeah. make sense? Like, I feel yeah. like par- I mean, partly because with Willow and Buffy, we're inside Buffy's mind. Mm-hmm. And with Dawn and Glory, it's Glory's mind apparently that is breaking Mm -hmm. down like she she talks a lot about being crazy and what it means to be crazy in this same space that she is losing Mm -hmm. her ability to separate from ben yeah and uh like there's there's a story there's definitely a story here about mental health that we're telling but not really telling like there are there are metaphors here about like and parallels between characters going through something with their mm-hmm. mental state yeah. that's kind of there but like not fully realized um well i mean it's interesting because we are referencing mental health we talk about this all the time like you know we use the word crazy a lot in uh in these episodes um the the people that glory has destabilized are you know running around um you know building now welding Welding uh, things that's a skill that you have to like isn't that a trade don't you go to school for that (laughs) i'm sorry i guess (laughs) Maybe, maybe there's some kind of like what Glory did to them, gave them, installed a certain operating system that included the skill set welding. I have no idea. File under weird shit that pulls Noelle out of the episode. With all the other magical stuff. uh, Sure. (laughs) Sure. Why not? You you took away, you know, their stability. Then you granted them some extra skill sets. It's all fine. You know. Totally. um, but but we have this, you know, reference to, you know, call me crazy. I'm the original one eyed chick in the kingdom of the blind or whatever. Right. You know, that, yeah. um, that, what? Uh, OK, which, Glory, <laughs> which is just a oh million God. ableist things all in one but you know, also just shot. Like- what yeah. like she's, I, I love her i love yeah, she's her adorable i absolutely <laughs> love her um but you know we talk about it like i think that we're 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 addressing mental health with empathy in the buffy storyline 
and we are lacking any kind of empathy or we're uh, addressing mental health as otherizing in the glory storyline, mm-hmm. right? Um, because we're seeing like mental health from the experience of it. You know, we're actually experiencing this mental break with Buffy and seeing where it happened and how it happened and going through the thought loop and then interrupting the thought loop and bringing her out of it and reintegrating her, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and whereas with Glory, we are looking at mental health through the context of all of these people that she has destabilized that we are just referring to as these are all the crazy people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of which now Tara is one. Right. Tara is connecting their big day, big day. Mm-hmm. Tara is connecting. She sees all of that happening. She is also psychically connected to this. I guess the psychic connection came in with the same brand, the same operating system update as the welding. Totally. Um, yeah. And um, and so they're all connected through all of this. But they are like one of the things about mental illness that can be. Um, that can be so alarming and why it upsets us so much is that the person who's experiencing it is experiencing a reality that is separate from our own, right? Mm-hmm. And is separated from, I think, the reality that, that everybody else is in. They're sort of isolated, you know? But yet here we have all of these people that Gloria's destabilized. They're all connected. They are connected with each other. They all see the same thing. They all are connected to a reality that is reality. Big day, we see they can see the key. Mm-hmm. They know a reality that actually the rest of us can't see. So it's it's kind of an interesting sort of take on this idea of of mental illness and what it means um, for the people experiencing it. And then we have Glory trying to get a hold of herself, you know, mm-hmm. while experiencing this breakdown. I mean, you know, here we have integration, right, with Buffy, where Buffy is separated between her physical and mental self. They cannot mm-hmm. exist in the same space. She integrates at the end. We're seeing this integration between Glory and Ben also yes. as they fight with each other and as fight amongst themselves. Glory has a literal breakdown like there's a she's she is not able to hold it's fascinating she's not able to hold her physical form yeah in place because she's fighting in her mind apparently Mm -hmm. with the person she shares a body with it's so interesting i love i love the whole ben and glory Mm-hmm. fight for control of dawn really yeah i mean it's fascinating yeah, yeah um, it is. especially because it seems to change ben's mind about mm-hmm. saving dawn versus killing her that yeah. whole scene in the alley is really really interesting yeah because as the barrier the barrier between glory and ben starts to break down they start to remember each other's actions mm-hmm. the less they struggle yeah. To transform from one to the other until it's just this like seamless, you know, the seamless mm-hmm. like morphing of one into the other. I mean, I could have done without the like thwarp kind of sound effect <laughs> that happens. Um, when when that morphing, happens a lot. Yeah. When they're morphing right back and forth, it gets a little you become very aware of the sound effect. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not great. I don't love the sound effect. I mean, I love it when it happens in an edit. So like mm-hmm. Ben grabs Dawn and then Glory takes hold and sort of swings her around. And as we swing yes. to 
you know, facing the camera again. It's Claire mm-hmm. Kramer, you know, as Gloria. Right. And it's but like, that's an edit of not the, a morph effect, edits, you know, where she finishes a movement that he started yeah. in the edit. That's really nice. That's a nice when effect. When it becomes mm-hmm. more seamless, yeah. when, you know, Glory leans up against the wall and then slides down and it's Ben mm-hmm. by the time... You know, by the time the motion is finished, that is so effective Mm -hmm. as this like they really are just kind of one like one is just sliding into the other and they're losing as they lose the the struggle to stay apart. Mm -hmm. Ben kind of cows to glory in this really interesting way. Like he doesn't he doesn't take the deal. He doesn't. He doesn't believe her, I think, that mm-hmm. she will save him if he turns over Dawn. But he also decides in the end to save himself. Like he says to Dawn, I'm sorry, I got no choice. It's you or me. And right. But like, like five seconds before that, he was like, I'll bleed or you won't have a thimbleful left or, you know, to, but to is that open why your he's portal. taking her? Like, I don't believe, and maybe I missed something, but I don't believe that when Ben breaks Dawn out of the construction site where she's being held, that I don't believe that he is intending to kill her. Like, I don't... No. It's not clear. It feels like he's helping her. I think maybe he intends at that point to help her. But then when Glory shows up, he says, I will drain her. I will bleed her now so you don't have anything. So that's the thing is, is that Ben has basically two choices in front of him, right? Where he kills Dawn now and ruins Glory's plans and saves the world, right? Right. I mean, saves the world. Or he lets Glory go ahead with her plans lets mm-hmm. the world burn right mm-hmm. and glory finds a place for him somehow and keeps her promise right maybe yeah so she keeps from, her promise right from ben's perspective the choice that he makes is the far shittier more risky choice if he just kills dawn right then and bleeds her out in the middle of that alleyway he can convince himself that he's a hero and he just saved the fucking world but instead he chooses to trust that glory like it's a risk that glory and he would ruin glory's plans and there's nothing he'd be glory be able to do and glory would just leave and he'd get his life back right But he chooses instead to go through with this plan with Glory and just trust Glory at her word that she's going to be able to put his consciousness into its own autonomous form somehow in the hell dimension where she's going to go and like torment everybody else. Why in the world is Ben making this choice? Because Ben, I mean... What I what I hate most, mm-hmm. <laughs> what I hate most is that he says to Dawn, I got no choice. It's you or me. But it's right. really not. It's really not. Like, it's really not. And is it just, I don't know. Like, is it? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Now, what it I wanted to me. see from Ben here. What actually makes sense to me from Ben here is the choice between killing Dawn now, you know, and saving the world, you know, and then Glory just goes because Glory has nothing to gain from being there anymore, you know. Um, 
so that like that's the struggle i want to that's the the moral struggle i want to see him take this choice to just be like oh i i presume that when glory unleashes hell on all of the realms because the barriers between dimensions the key opens everything so the barrier between all dimensions is going to be like you know hell is going to be unleashed on the good ones right right? or the or i would not necessarily refer to earth as a good one a good-ish one you know better than hell one (laughs) right yeah um so i don't know like it's it it seems it seems like not a question at all that he would allow that to happen, that he would bring Dawn back to glory. I like him struggling with the idea of I can be a hero. I can do one terrible thing and I can save the world and convincing himself that that's something that he can do. That's an interesting moral question, I think, for Ben. This feels weird and dumb. Like and it's, it's not any it's not the better choice. And have we established that nothing happens if Ben dies? Like if Ben kills himself. If Ben kills himself, he also kills Glory. So, I mean, I guess that raises the question, why can is that Ben not... die? And why? Well, yeah. I mean. Well, and it could be like a Hulk thing, right? You know, whenever Hulk tries to kill him or whenever Bruce Banner <laughs> tries to kill himself, Hulk comes out. And so it could be like, have we had the question of whether Ben has tried to commit suicide to get rid of glory? Like Ben, I think as a, is is such a, not an interesting character. He's so selfish and immature and, you know, fine, that's what he is, but it makes him so much less interesting than somebody who would really struggle with this moral choice. You know, like yeah, I tried to kill myself and that's not an option. And yeah. I tried to do this, but he's so immature. And he's so he's sitting there complaining to Dawn, who's being tortured and terrified, <laughs> like and terrorized here yeah. about like, does she ever think about me? Does she ever think about yes. that? like I have okay. a job and like, are right? you kidding? Yeah. Are you what? How no, much she's of a, a hell god. Of course, ha- she's like, not thinking about you. I have so many questions. Like, I know. <laughs> it just it raises so many questions. So. Uh, okay, so Glory tells us that Ben, she's starting to feel Ben's compassion and humanity and all of these other miserable things. Ben has things. no compassion or humanity. But that is, yes, so this is where I'm getting. Like, she's, exactly. Glory, I mean, Glory is freaked out in a way that we haven't seen her and, like, mm-hmm. basically begging her high priest to, to give her a benectomy on the spot. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, okay, like, I get that and I love that idea that she's starting mm-hmm. to feel humanity but ben's humanity yeah is is not is not that strong how much compassion does ben actually have how much empathy does ben actually have it doesn't seem like a whole lot ben is all about ben all the time like there is nothing I have seen nothing now. Now, had Ben been written as someone who has an ex- an excess of empathy, can you imagine if Ben had been written as an empath who could oh, feel all of these things, right? And then Glory comes in and Glory is nothing. Like Glory is not an empath. Glory doesn't have any of that. So Ben feels everything all the time. And if Ben, as an empath, had tried to kill himself to get rid of Glory, but couldn't do it, had tried to interrupt Glory's plans, but couldn't, then finally gets to this moment 
where he has to make a choice between this little girl and the world. And the little girl is going to die no matter what, as far as he knows, because it's either he kills this little girl or Glory does, right? Mm -hmm. So you have Glory with Ben bleeding into her by the time we get here. We've seen Ben's extreme empathy and compassion and that he is all about everybody else, right? Mm -hmm. And so we see Glory starting to feel that. And then we see Ben starting to get Glory's you know, kind of pragmatic, let's get shit done happening, right? Mm -hmm. He gets a, a moment, you know, where he doesn't feel everybody's pain all the time and then looks at Dawn and thinks, if I could just kill this little girl, I could save the world and glory would go away. That would make Ben so interesting. But instead, we have this incredibly selfish, doesn't seem to have a whole lot of compassion. Yes, he works as a doctor, but it's not because he wants to actually help people and save people. He doesn't seem to care. He's a jerk throughout the whole thing, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just there's it, it would have been so cool to see that happen and have us actually say something about it. But here we're seeing Glory have more compassion with Dawn than Ben has ever really had. Well, and even before Ben and Glory are kind of bleeding into each other, Glory does the thing with Dawn. You know, she Glory Glory's in the Summer's house, you know, several episodes ago and mm -hmm. turns to Dawn and says, your sister took my key. Do you know where it is? And, you know, mm -hmm. it's like... It's it's sinister friendly, but it's mm -hmm. definitely trying to she's trying to get to Dawn by appealing yep. to her as the little sister, as mm -hmm. the one no one listens to. Right. And that is more of a connection, like a human connection, I think, yeah. than we see with anything that Ben does. No. Like ben ever. Ben is, is total trash human. He's... Like, I mean, How do you put Glory, this hell beast, in the body of somebody who was goodness personified? And then when we go into the gift, Ben is goodness personified, and then Giles kills him. Right. I mean, that makes that even more it's, of a really interesting question. Oh, my God. How I mean, cool would that have been? I think the, the bottom line is that they, they wrote themselves into a little bit of a corner with... Yeah the Ben yeah. Glory relationship like I would have loved I think I've said it before but mm -hmm. I would have loved to have seen more of a more of a like a fight club type scenario yeah. with Ben where yeah. he's like or a or a you know Ben like having a you know the guy in memento realizing what his tattoos mean kind of moment like right. I want I want in order to connect with Ben mm -hmm. I and then and then possibly like feel really betrayed and, yeah. you know, whipped around when he does turn Dawn over. You know, if he mm -hmm. decided to do that in this alternate story that we're writing right now. Right, but, right, like, right, yeah. I would have liked to have felt more connection to Ben and his yeah. process of figuring out what this all means. How but of this course is it's the not, choice that he would make. You know, it's Why not that out of all the story. choices. Yeah. Like, it's not that story. It's just this mm -hmm. like Ben, Ben is a human who has lived in the shadow of glory since he was an infant mm -hmm. and has this like weird cupboard under the stairs kind of room in her <laughs> yeah. mansion. Can we talk? Mansion. Can we this talk about spike? light bulb over right? a sink in the corner? My God. Yeah, yes. just like a little mm -hmm. corner sink. 
and mm-hmm. like a little twin bed and his, you know, yeah. his doctor scrubs hanging on a wire hanger with his ID. So, you know, in case there was any right. question. But I just. That it was Ben's room. Yeah. I love Spike just like spiking through Glory's mansion, <laughs> yes. lighting a cigarette and then discovering this little cupboard. And it's. Uh-huh. It's weirdly chilling for yeah. a moment, and then I'm just confused. <laughs> like, I'm confused yeah. all over again. I'm like, how? Yeah. How? how? A whole she- mansion, and why doesn't she give Ben, like, a decent room? I mean, like, what's it? Like, I don't like, know. It just seems where weird. Is, and where are the minions when Ben is Ben? Yeah. Like, where, how much of a sense of glory does Ben have? Just, like, obviously he knows that he shares a body with her and he gripes he gripes he about waking up in a dress are. i'm like please right like mm-hmm. okay so dresses hard for, are so you know. comfortable shut up ben <laughs> that is <laughs> not your like, big problem yes how like okay mm-hmm. literally how would you figure out what was going on with you unless the I minions imagine were over, around yeah but what oh. i don't and when it. did it when did it ha- like he grew up you would think with parents right or were the minions the ones that raised I mean, him from b- a baby were there were oh, there parents for ben or was okay. it okay that is a much more compelling story how interesting would that be the right? minions have stolen a baby which okay first of all here yeah. for it like very here outside over there it. very yes. like very sendak you know they steal mm-hmm. a baby they put a mm-hmm. god into it they raise it in a mansion on a hellmouth. like yeah yeah I, give me you know please yeah. tell me that fan fiction exists because i want to know but well, I, just... I think that that's an interesting story because it, you know we're presuming that ben had a normal childhood with parents and whatever and then went away to the big city you know sunnydale and suddenly <laughs> was waking up in a dress and losing time and you know these minions were there that explained it to him because the way that it is now when we see the barriers start to break down between ben and gloria they couldn't communicate with each other before they had to communicate right. through the minions they had no knowledge of each other they just knew that they lost time right you know so right. yeah but he knew when she was coming she's coming she's coming leave get out yeah. get out now right um yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which maybe is a skill that you garner as and you glory get older finishes, and you're used to like having your body I, taken over. I don't know but glory don't finishes don't his sentence she's coming she's coming and glory yeah. finishes the sentence and then I she's really, there I really want more information about how this works. I um, find it fascinating. But yeah, I, like the way that we the way that it's presented to us feels um, flat and disappointing in a space that could have been really textured. Especially because Claire Kramer as Glory is so oh wonderful and like scenery chewing. And like when you oh give her God. Yeah. those scenes where she's got to be like pacing and monologuing at dawn or fighting with mm-hmm. ben yep. she's so good yeah that i would like to have had more I, more buy-in on the other side i guess mm-hmm. like i don't as much yeah. as i love as much as i love ben and glory morphing in and out of each other i'm not mm-hmm. as invested in right. that mental you know those mental gymnastics as i am in the buffy thought loop and you know, how is Willow, uh-huh. how is Willow going to get her out of there? Right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I want, I just want more. I just want more. Yeah. From the Glory Ben side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I want it to be, <laughs> I mean, as much as this show makes us feel terrible when anything happens to anyone, I want it to feel even worse. Like I, I want do, Giles, yeah. 
killing Ben to feel like the worst thing. To feel like a terrible choice to have to make. I want Ben to mean something to these people. I want Ben to be a Scooby during this season like an honorary scooby that would be so great in as somebody that they actually care about can you imagine if it had been xander's okay (laughs) give xander the glory hops into xander's body during this season can you imagine and that was the choice that giles had to make whoa kill xander i mean (laughs) yeah that would be that would yeah. be amazing. That is a very Whedon-y choice. Totally. You know, um, at the end. So, yeah, like, I mean, but if you bring, if you had, if they had brought Ben in as this wonderfully empathetic, like, good person, if he had been the one that Buffy, you know, like, if Buffy had actually started dating him, like, if we had uh, gotten rid I'm of I'm so Riley glad so she didn't, earlier, <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, and the dating thing, I think, I feel like is, uh, it's not something that I wanted to see in that relationship with, with Buffy and Ben. But if he had been somebody that had meant something to them, what if he had been at Sunnydale High? What if it had been, you know, I know we used Jonathan Lee, but what if, like, you know, I'm coming through all these things. Like, what if it had been Larry? What if it had been Larry, who we knew all through high school, who ended up being so incredibly sweet, who we loved, who had been part of the Scoobies in the alternate Wish universe, right? Oh, shit. Um, That would have been great. If we had brought Larry in and made Larry Ben... Right. And so here we have Larry, who we love, who is somehow, you know, become part of the Scoobies because he's available in one he's you know, realm or another. He could still be a doctor. Right. He could still, well, I, I, at this age, no, because they're all like 20, you know, so but, I don't think he right, could be a he could doctor. Be a, he but, could be a certified nursing assistant. He could be very important he, people. Absolutely. You know, absolutely could really be really important people. Gone and gotten that kind of certification. Yeah. But I mean, like if he had been somebody who had mattered to us and also somebody we'd already knew from high school, if we had taken him and made him this character and then Glory had inserted herself into his life. Right. Yeah. Um, I think all of that could have been it would have been so much more interesting. And it, Larry, we could see a huge amount of empathy forming in Larry when he came out as gay and then became a decent person and like all of that could have been really beautifully done not to mention the fact that larry wouldn't have stood out the way that ben did in the middle of this season where we're like well who the hell is this dude we've been like oh right. hey, it's larry we love larry yeah. you know we would have had larry died not didn't killed larry him at die? graduation yeah <laughs> did, yeah he got killed in graduation um but also like you know something like that where we could have brought that back um but i think that yeah i think we just I, basically all of this just to say that it was an opportunity missed noel what are you wearing oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> so i talked last week about you know the gendered nature of clothing right mm-hmm. and piggybacking on that i do not envy the costume department the ta- you know the challenge of needing to find something mm-hmm. that would fit both glory and ben and also enable us to take them both seriously mm-hmm. as they are fighting for control of their yeah. existence and also of dawn mm-hmm. um but Glory's black jumpsuit with the little metallic belt is very, very good. Uh-huh. Very good. And when you top it with that bell sleeve red velour robe, 
Mm-hmm. It's very hot cultist. Like, I <laughs> yeah. think they did a good job. I mean, no, they did like, very. Yeah. Like a bell sleeve and a robe with a little train is just like always a good moment. But mm-hmm. when you're sweeping around a dungeon or an alley, it's just it's extra great. And I think that I think they really nailed it with that. It costume works. It choice. works really nicely. It I works really, really, nicely. really like it. I mm-hmm. like it a lot. Yeah. No, I think it's real good. I think it's real good. Um, All right. So girl power moment of the week. Oh, not with a girl power big. I mean, I think there's one, right? I mean, there's only one. (laughs) Oh, shit. I mean, take charge, Willow. Yeah. Take charge, Willow. Her whole snapping to attention. Mm hmm. You know, because at first I, I, I love the way this plays out. I love yeah. the way Willow, like all of Willow, plays out mm-hmm. in this episode because at first she's so afraid and so timid because mm-hmm. Buffy's not responding and she's like, oh, should we move her? No, we shouldn't move her. Oh, what should we do? I'm not sure. You know, and then Xander and Spike start to fight and she just, she separates yep. them magically. She like snaps. She's not having any of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can fight after the world ends. Mm-hmm. And she just goes into like total boss witch. You mm-hmm. do this. You do that. This is what's going to happen. And everyone complies. It's amazing. Yeah. And then they're. Oh, yeah. They're all a little freaked out, too, which is great. Um, when Anya's Even like. Spike. She's ordering Spike around. Do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anya's like, uh, you know, she's got this like with all due respect kind of tone, like, what are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. And Willow just I think she says, I'm going to help Buffy. Is that what is that her line? Yeah. It's incredible. She's incredible. Well, yeah. I'm going to okay, here's what you all are going to do. And I am going to go into the mind of the slayer magically and retrieve her from wherever she is. I mean my God. She could right? be anywhere. You know, yeah. that's the other thing is when yeah. Willow goes she in. She doesn't know what she's going to find in there. She she has no clue. And she's, I love that we get to see her like getting her bearings. And then mm-hmm. as soon as she knows, yep. as soon as she understands where she is, mm-hmm. she, you know, is able to travel through Buffy's thought loop in this like really mm-hmm. confident way. Even though, even though she is working out, you know, yep. as we are. Mm-hmm. what's going on with Buffy and what all of this means. She's still so confident in there. And I love, I absolutely love the choice to keep cutting back to that shot mm-hmm. of Willow and Buffy sitting in Xander's room. Yeah. And they're just sitting there still with their eyes open, like pointed toward mm-hmm. each other. It's it's so good. It's so good. This is such yeah. amazing Willow. She's so strong. She's so... um She's still so loving mm-hmm. toward Tara. She is no nonsense with everyone. And yeah. I mentioned it already, but she just like freaking lights some candles and sits down and that's it. That's and the that's spell. it. Her own power is just enough, but that's all own, she needs to do. I mean, it's not a coincidence that her nickname is Will, right? Like mm-hmm. her own will to yep. make this happen. It's incredible. And it's yeah. also something that... We will see more going forward. Willow using magic mm-hmm. in this very active, external, mm-hmm. like magic is the solution to this problem sort of way. Oh, yeah. And I think she can here fix anything with magic. Yeah, like right? here mm-hmm. it absolutely is. I mean, I think that it is a 
I mean, I can't imagine what else they mm-hmm. would have done. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, she's taking a huge risk. She's taking mm-hmm. a huge risk doing what she does, but yeah. she does it with so much confidence and so much mm-hmm. authority. I mean, mm-hmm. Spike kind of being like, like deferring to Willow uh-huh. and being like, uh, yeah. so er, don't turn me into a horned toad or whatever. But right. It's she is incredible. She is incredible. Mm-hmm. I am so in love with Willow in this episode. And she does it wearing this like bedazzled plaid shirt. It's like, right. I, what? I love it. It's very, it's very, no, very it's early fantastic. odds. I mean. This is why the L comes first in the initialism, everyone. Like, this is why. She's, I mean. Yeah. Damn. Damn. She's badass. When you need to get shit done, you put a lesbian witch in charge. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) All right. So so with that, I'm going to give you my favorite part, which is Willow in the the gas station being like, you're all going to do this. I'm going to do this. You do what I tell you and you do it now. I love that whole thing with Willow. (laughs) That is like my favorite part of this whole thing. What's your favorite part? I have so many favorite parts. Um, Mm -hmm. There are so many great little nuggets in this episode. It's really hard Mm -hmm. to choose. I I love Willow in the desert. Mm-hmm. When we cut from like we're at the summer's home and then we're at the magic yeah. box and then we cut to the fire and she just goes, okay. okay. <laughs> like, yes. uh, this is one of these things is not like the others. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love her saying, you know, recognizing Sinea and saying, oh, you're the first Slayer who tried to kill us in our dreams. How you been? How you been? <laughs> just like, like no hard feelings yep. you know yep. it's just it's delightful. i like that yeah it's delightful no. yeah. um and i also i just love glory wondering how the hell people do it by which mm-hmm. she means deal with feelings because uh yeah honestly yeah honestly. we're all wondering that yes, yes. yeah mm-hmm. yeah no it's pretty it's pretty damn good All right. If you enjoyed this conversation, would like to join in, connect with the show on Twitter, follow at Chipperish and use the hashtag Still Pretty. This episode of Still Pretty was brought to you by the Chipperish media producers who support us on Patreon at the power producer level. These people are the reason why Still Pretty is coming to you free and ad free right now. So thank you to our August producers, Abigail, Alice, Erica, Rose, Jonathan, Jonathan, Kristen, Sarah and Shelly. And this week's special message for our power producers, gods don't pay. To find out how you too can support Chipperish Media, visit patreon.com slash chipperish. Other ways to show your support, write a great review on Apple Podcasts, tell your friends about the show, or smack Xander upside the head. It'll be worth it. We will be back next time with The Gift, the 22nd episode of season five. Until then, feelings, hate them. I mean, really, is this what the poets go on about? this